fuck it, let's get it over with. Network, where we have a very healthy obsession with Kaiju. I'm your co-host, Kenton, with me is your other co-host. And as you could tell from my uh, very cold opening, um, <laughs> we are at the conclusion of what has been a very torturous journey in covering the entire Ultra 7 TV episode. For those of you listening to the audio version, what you heard at the top of this podcast was me cracking open a 1.9 ounce, 8% alcohol Natty Daddy. That is nothing more than dangerous shit right there. (laughs) Uh, um, And I'm going to need it for this podcast and as a symbol for the entire journey that has been covering this entire series known as Ultra 7. Uh, I probably should have gotten myself a beer, too, because I just realized that uh, when I was trying to introduce myself, my audio was off. It's not not going uh, in a a good start. So So what you're telling me is you're more competent drunk than you are sober, right? (laughs) I don't know. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Well, if you want, you can take the next few 30 seconds uh, to go get a beer, and I can entertain the audience here if you would like. Well, it's probably going to take me a few minutes because I don't even have a beer to begin with, but I've got hard liquor, so. I can entertain the audience. Do you want to go get something? I suppose I can put you on full cam here while I do that. Might as well. So I'll do Let me know when you're going here so I can – Get to entertaining. All right, so what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be covering the final 10 episodes of Ultra 7 here. And um, and I'll probably very likely repeat this at the end of the episode, and I'm saying this right now because I didn't realize Jason was going to go get liquor or beer right now. And off the top of my head, I don't have really anything else other than personal information. I don't feel like sharing that with anybody. So um, – You'll hear this from me again later, most likely, in that um, especially for those of you who have been hanging out with us for the last couple of episodes, you understand that this journey uh, through Ultra 7 really has not been what we had thought it would be. Now, Jason um, has been more middle of the road about the series than I have. He occasionally, roughly anywhere from 25 to 33% of the time, has sort of agreed with me in terms of, of, of the overall thoughts on, on certain episodes. Uh, for me, it's been more disappointing 
And um, again, as I've repeated several times over the previous two episodes when we've been talking about Ultra 7 here, I take no pleasure in talking trash about the series, nor do I take any pleasure about talking trash about any television series or any movie that we cover. There have been few exceptions, though. Uh, Reptilicus, for example, we knew was bad going in. So as a result, you know, you kind of knew what you were getting into with that. Um, Death Kappa, I kind of sort of knew what I was getting into. Not entirely. You know, there are a few exceptions. But by and large, because we are a Daikaiju podcast, we try to stay pretty positive. But at the same time, as I've said before on this podcast numerous times, one of the things I I pride our particular podcast on is being very genuine about who we are, what we think about particular things, whether it's shows, whether it's movies, etc. We have no sponsors. We're not affiliated with anyone. We are just an independent podcast that just comes up and we just tell you the way that we think it is. And so for um, you know, for, for us kind of the last couple of months when we've been talking about this series, um, it, it's been less than what we thought it would be is what I'm saying. And that's been disappointing. I, I mean, uh, you know, and I think I speak for Jason who just came back here. Uh, what kind of booze do you have? Uh, I made myself a mind eraser. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. What is that? That's very appropriate for this type of uh, episode. It just uh, consists of uh, vodka, Kahlua, and uh, some club soda. Did you make that up yourself? Mm-mm. Nope, it's an actual recipe. A mind God damn, I wish I had thought of something like that up because that's so appropriate for something like this. But can I speak for you in saying that since we started doing Ultra 7 here a couple months ago, it's it, it hasn't been exactly what we had thought it would be, right? Can I can I, is that accurate even from your your end? I know for me, it's been 10 years since I've last seen Ultra 7, as I've mentioned about it right. uh, in the past couple of the episodes when we discussed about it. Um, yeah, it it felt a lot different uh, from uh, seeing it this time around than what I initially thought when I saw it the first time around. I mean, are we talking good, bad, you know, same? I mean, I mean, what are we talking about here? Um, for me, it's kind of more in the middle-ish for me. Okay. For me, it's been more bad. And, and I, and again, like I was, excuse me, saying while you were gone, I, I take no pleasure in saying that because uh, for anybody, and I don't remember when it was exactly, I want to say it was the first part of the year in which we had announced we were going to do Ultra 7. You and I were both excited about this because it was an Ultraman type of excuse me series in shouldn't be drinking on on, on podcast, but I guess that's what makes us more real, I guess. Yeah. Um, but um, but um, we'd have no paid sponsors so who gives a shit. And, and by the way, we can cuss more freely as well. But <laughs> but um, 
you know, it, it was one of those things in which we were excited about because I remember myself being excited about this when we were talking about, I was like, all right, like, this is cool. Like we got initially, I thought it was 39 episodes or no, I thought it was 59. I initially thought it was 54 somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. And so regardless, I was like, all right, like this is cool. And then when I started getting into it, I'm like, oh no, 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 no. And for anybody who missed out on like the the last one or two um, podcasts, for me, what ended up happening is the first time I went through Ultra Seven here uh, about seven years ago, most of it was background noise, and I didn't pay close enough attention to it. But just because it was background noise, I thought it at least was on the same level so to speak as Ultraman but because I didn't pay close enough attention to it I didn't see how incredibly flawed this series was sadly and um, and sitting down going through and actually watching it and um, paying attention to the stories this just has not been the ride I had anticipated, and that's unfortunate. And I don't want to go on this merry-go-round again where I'm repeating the same stuff because I'm going to be doing that in some way uh, as we go through these final 10 episodes and as I give some of my final thoughts on this series uh, here in a little while. Um but again, this just has not been the journey I had hoped for, and that's a damn shame because, again, you go back to July uh, – not July. Mm. That would have been a long time ago. Uh, have you gone back to January or December? Whenever I, – I don't even remember because, hey, I had COVID at the end of January. Okay, I got an excuse. Mm. Um, <laughs> whenever it was January, December, whenever we had announced that we were doing this – I was very excited about it. I, I was like, all right, let's go. Like, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of positivity. That has not been true, at least for me anyways. And um, and I take no pleasure in that because I – with exception, as I said while Jason was gone here a few minutes ago, other than things like Reptilicus and Death Kappa, things you knew you were getting into bad territory with, I was not expecting – this, nor do I take pleasure in talking very critically about something like this as well. So, uh, Jason, unless you have some housekeeping to do, um, I'm willing to go ahead and start moving into uh, episodes, these these final 10 episodes of Ultra 7. Yeah, I just want to uh, mention that uh, we're um, streaming on uh, uh, multiple uh, stream, uh, streaming platforms. Although I, I think maybe starting next month, we're going to be only streaming exclusively over at uh, YouTube here, as well as uh, Twitch. As well, we're kind of downsizing uh, the options a little bit. We kind of thought to kind of uh, save a little bit of uh, time and hassle on everything, especially on my end, since I do most of the production stuff. Fuck hassle. <laughs> But uh, as of t-shirt that, yeah. Uh, but as of right now, uh, make sure to hit the subscribe button and as well as uh, follow us on uh, 
the streaming platforms as of right now, as I mentioned, YouTube and Twitch, and then the, the Facebook DLive and Twitter as well. And we've got our uh, audio versions of our podcast over at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn as well. And you can find uh, both uh, videos and audio uh, versions of our podcast at our own website at com. All right. So with that, are you ready to dive into the final 10 episodes of Ultra 7? I suppose so. Okay. All right. (laughs) So we are starting off with the 7 Assassination Plan Part 2. That is the same thing. Okay, okay. See, I remember <laughs> this time. Um, so what I did for my notes this time was I just did a general thought overview instead of taking detailed notes like I did because I thought, what the fuck? For one thing, I don't care about the show at this point anymore. And second of all, usually my final thoughts tend to cover just enough territory as it is to get an idea of the episode. So what I wrote here is sigh. Here we go again. The show teases you with a good or great episode and then takes it away with the next. After giving us fun, formidable foes in part one, the writers of Ultra 7 continue their trend of meandering writing that sacrifices a fun climax with a dangerous opponent. Too much time is spent looking for a magnelium stone to revive Ultra 7 while the guts hang out in the background of their second part of the story. We see a number of failures until they succeed in fighting the right stone. That's the main gist of the episode. The writers could have uh, interspersed parts of the episode with the guts attacking Tokyo, but again, that's not what they care about. The guts, too, are dispatched within mere moments of Seven being revived. What is really strange, once again, is the Ultra Squad seems to not notice Dan is gone. No one even wonders where he is. Yet, when they find him, they can't put two and two together to realize he just may be Ultra Seven. The squad, for the umpteenth time, comes off as stupid and unassuming. Bad qualities to have for a special government agency, and I gave it an F. Uh, for me, I kind of uh, gave it a little bit more of a a positive uh, review on this one here. Um, it kind of kind of had that uh, serious tone to it. Not a whole lot of jokes or anything of the sort. Um, I do like the uh, the alien guts. Um, Alien, alien <laughs> as well as the uh, the suit design and everything, and uh, kind of the uh, little bit of a setup, but it's also a cliche when it comes to these shows. You know, when they have them on the ropes and everything, then towards the end they always find a way and everything. But I I sort of gave this one a little bit more of a positive uh, review than uh, than the one that's. Uh, to to my right on the screen there or left whichever, uh, I gave I gave my score out of ten of uh, a seven out of ten. That's probably what like C plus ish territory. Um, by the way, you know since th- you know this is our last deal covering Ultra Seven, um, you are more middle of the road than I am on this. And look, um, 
Because you know me. I mean, we grew up together, and by and large, we like a lot of the same things, you know. Do we? We bait, huh? Do we? What? Do we like it? the same things? I'm saying by and large. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say all the time. Dumb shit. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I mean, look, you know, I brought home a VHS of Godzilla vs. Sea Monster, and that, for both of us, was the beginning of a wonderful, uh, you know, makeout session with Kaiju Ega. Um, so that's, that's a funny way to put it. <laughs> we're here to entertain. That's how I look <laughs> at it. Um, but um, I'm just sort of curious um, because, you know, I usually give a lot of shows and movies the benefit of the doubt. And I've said that numerous times on this podcast when we've covered uh, various movies, especially on here. Like, I think I even talked about it when we did our commentary not too long ago about Earth versus the Spider. Uh, even when we did our commentary on Planet of Dinosaurs, where I've come out and I've said, look, what we're talking about, what we're watching here is not the finest of art you're ever going to find. However, and then I'll go into various reasons as to why I think whatever it is we're discussing or we're watching via commentary, I think is worth uh, at least some level of respect here. And I've always said with Ultra 7, one of the things I respect about this show more than anything else is just how the special effects themselves look so much better than what we got via Ultraman that the special effects budget or maybe the budget in general was just bigger here for this show and a lot more of it went to the effects um, but I, I and, and I've said over the previous two podcasts and I'm going to say it probably a couple times here as we uh, wrap up the, 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 the series here that um the writing is basically the biggest problem of the series, and as a result um, – and I'll get into even more specifics as we move on here – that it's the biggest problem of the series that as a result, despite the fact that more times than not it looks good because of the effects, it's still not that good. And I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious as to why you – are more willing to give this a pass than I am because I consider myself to be someone who is very forgiving of films. Like, for example, um, I like Batman and Robin. A lot of people hate it for whatever reason. Yeah, is it the greatest superhero movie of all time? No. Is it the worst? Hell no. Believe me, I've seen far worse. I'm looking at a lot of MCU movies, and I'm even looking at some of the earlier DC movies as well here. Um, So, like... I'm just genuinely curious. Why is it for you with this series that you're willing to kind of give it more of the middle of the road treatment than I am? Uh, For me, uh, whenever I look at it, I still kind of get the the Ultraman vibes and everything. And and for what it's worth, even though, you know, we've – uh, reviewed the whole series of Ultraman back then. I mean, like you said, is it good? Uh, or like, is it like a masterpiece? No, there's there's issues with it, but uh, they 
they knew what they were doing uh, and with what they got and uh, and pretty much, you know, you get what you get as far as the results for it. But uh, when it came with this, I can see maybe some of the things that they were going with, but um, but it's sort of they didn't quite know what they were doing. But um, as far as uh, as far as the people that are on board uh, with the project behind the scenes or up front uh, on camera and everything, they've um, they still had to deal with what they had and still tried to give it their best and everything. And, um, I mean, it's not their, initially not their fault for, you know, kind of the overall sort of thing with it. But, um, at least I really like the characters and some of the, the creatures as well as, the Ultra Seven and some of the stories that uh, they were trying to uh, go with, um, but it still kind of gave me the uh, kind of the Ultraman vibe. So um, I think that's sort of part of it. Where um, I'm kind of more in the middle of the road to kind of give the series a chance. Uh, with what it's doing and trying to sort of understand it a little bit of what they were trying to do with it and trying to um, try to pay more attention uh, to the stories, the characters uh, and everything. So that's kind of my little thing with it. I mean, over the years I've been, a little bit more in the middle of the road and lenient with a lot of the things in the, the kaiju uh, genre, except for maybe a couple <laughs> here and there. But uh, but overall, out of the two of us, I've been a little bit more lenient of trying to get give some of these things a little bit more of a chance. And I mean, I mean, it's it's not really great but it's not really that bad because as ken said i've i've also seen much more bad stuff out there so and this and compared this one with all those other ones this one's light years far better so i okay i'm glad i I, i'm wishing now i i had asked you this after the fact because you brought up so many points that I think are very interesting and I think very good for an in-depth discussion about not just this series but about movies and shows in general. So try to keep the thoughts you have here because I think you brought up some very interesting points uh, in tidbits. (laughs) So you will. (laughs) I I want us to quickly get through the series then because I don't want to go through this rabbit hole right now of talking about the series as a whole before we've talked about the the remainder of the episodes here. Okay. So try to try to remember most of what you said that, because I think you brought up some very interesting points there. I I have been a little buzzed, so I may not necessarily be able to. I I may soon too. So I might lose something, especially with this mind eraser. So, Here's the thing, though. 
despite the fact I cracked this open, this is number three. Okay. <laughs> this is number three. And I'm talking about number three natty daddy. Okay. I'm talking about, I'm working on 75 ounces of 8% alcohol within the last few hours. Okay. So my mind isn't totally there for good reason. <laughs> so, all right. Keep some of that stuff in mind because I think you bring up some interesting points here that I think are very important for discussion of not just Ultra 7, but a lot of things in general. All right. So uh, here we go with the next episode, The Challenge from the Water. Challenge from Underwater. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, (laughs) (laughs) By and large, we have another episode that suffers from the same meandering attempt at build-up writing as we've encountered so many times before. What's also frustrating, as we may or may not have alluded to in previous discussions, is that so many of these types of episodes have the audience one or two steps ahead of the characters. Such writing is always considered bad, but I've been quick to dismiss it if I'm given a movie or show that is fun and or engaging. As before, this has rarely happened with Ultra 7. However, here I'm willing to dismiss it on a molecular level. I say that because the episode does start off creepy with characters that have quirky personality traits. One thing, too, that I know we haven't mentioned in these episodes where there, where there tend to be other characters involved is that the Ultra Guard tends to play second fiddle in their story up until shit hits the fan. By interconnecting the Ultra Guard with supporting characters, you can achieve a better form of storytelling than blocking it into sections of different characters. Also, I would have loved to have known more about the aliens here, as is usually the case with most most other episodes. I understand. I understand again. Nanny Day is taking effect. I understand again. This is a kids' show, and we're supposed to accept they're here because they're bad. But I don't think it's asking too much to give the audience uh, some general information about the aliens. For the umpteenth time, though, the writers are not concerned with that, nor are they concerned with Ultra 7 dispatching of alien kaiju in different ways. Yes, once again, 7 kills the kaiju via his cranial blade. Who didn't see that coming? Needless to say, this is a pretty bland and disappointing episode that had a unique beginning. I gave it a D-. Uh with this one, yeah, the story isn't too particularly great, but as far as some of the characters and the side characters, I tend to like them a lot in this one. And as far as this uh, kind of Kappa uh, alien type of phrase, I really liked uh, the design to it, and I liked how they were trying uh, the people that uh, did this episode tried to do with as far as uh, bringing in kind of, you know, the, uh, the, uh, oh, how, how would you say, kind of, kind of more of a retake on the, the Japanese yokai lore uh, sort of way. I think, the, more yeah, I mean, an alien race instead of like, you know, earth based. I I definitely thought that too because not only is it very apparent if when if you are even vaguely familiar with how uh, Japanese spoken I when they said in the subtitles kaiju what the actors actually said was kappa in this episode did you yeah. catch that well I I think um on mine it showed uh, kappa on the subtitle there. 
mine it said kappa like one or two times but then the rest of the time it said kaiju but then the actor said kappa and then they just use kaiju as the actor said kappa so i think the subtitlers were thinking kaiju maybe the subtitlers got confused possibly um but but yeah the story isn't good but like i said earlier i did like um how they tried to uh you know uh try to come up with a unique way as far as when it comes to the japanese yokai lore and everything i liked how they try to do uh everything here but um as far as far as everything goes um i as far as this episode out of uh 10 i would uh give this uh episode a uh 6 out of 10 okay i got a i got a kitty here <laughs> <laughs> she was scratching at the carpet because she still got her front claw, so I had to let her in. Otherwise, we're going to be spending thousands of dollars replacing carpet. Um, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, but, um, okay, I mean, I, I think we're relatively close, more or less, uh, on our thoughts on this episode. Um, how are you? I love you. Not Jason, my cat. <laughs> For those listening to the audio, <laughs> um, oh, wow. um, all right. So I'm ready to move on to the next episode, uh, Ambassador of the Nonmalt, Messenger from Nonmalt. I, I I saw that when I watched it, and I said, "Ah, oh, here he goes." Um, but anyway, uh, this episode is the type of episode we've been talking about over the last three discussions when it comes to when it comes to making a good, fun Ultra Seven episode. We learn about the aliens. We get the Ultra Guard involved immediately. There's no ponderous build-up attempts. The story gets to the point, and there's plenty of action. Not much more can be said other than other than basically everything in this episode is done very well. By the way, the ending is a bit funny with the quick still cuts of Dan, Anne, and the ocean. I gave it an A+. Plus. Uh, with this one, yeah, I didn't really like it how it kind of went to the point on it. Instead of just kind of going a little bit of all over the place. And uh, it was kind of more uh, human-focused this time. It kind of felt like a like an ultra Q episode, maybe a little bit of uh, the Twilight Zone, in a way, where it kind of had you know towards the end there, where you see where basically uh, this kid named uh, Shinichi uh, spoilers uh, that uh, he was yeah, he apparently ones. died a couple of years ago. So, um, but uh, yeah, this one was uh, pretty good. Um, I would give this one a um, an eight out of ten, and I even gave it a better score than you did. So, for anybody out there who is saying Kent is a is an absolute hater, he's a troll of Ultra Seven. He's first an and asshole. Foremost, <laughs> first, I mean, I guess all around that's true. But in terms of Ultra Seven, here's an exception. Second of all, if you go back. The last two episodes we have where we've discussed um, 
sections of episodes of Ultra 7, you will find me giving at least a few episodes a pretty good grade. So I'm not some sort of hater. And as I continue to say on this podcast, I was hoping for a heck of a lot more when we first started talking about the series. And it's the series' fault. It is. I'm just a viewer. I'm just a bystander. What are you going to do? All right. In the face. <laughs> a lot of people would because a lot of people are unnecessarily violent and stupid. But here we go to the next episode. Nightmare on Planet 4. <laughs> I just four. read the first <laughs> sentence and, and I think – I just read the first sentence and I think you're going to get a kick out of this. This is a bad episode. There was some initial intrigue, but I realized halfway through we were getting the same old crap repackaged. Lots of walking. The robots were uh, were stupid showing them around their brain center considering there was no rhyme or reason to do so. The gum-chewing sound effect was annoying. Also, shouldn't uh, Soga Soga know that Dan is Ultra 7? He transformed right in front of him. Not only that, Soga should be dead considering Seven burst out of the same building they were in. There should be no way Soga is alive. There's a weak attempt at some message too. It seemed as if the episode was trying to say that human life is precious, but that kind of sort of morphs into robots are bad. And then something about Soga worried about how nature is being threatened by human encroachment. This later message uh, conflicts with what Anne was talking about in the previous episode where she states that humans want their resources from the ocean. Typically, such resource extraction leaves the natural area dilapidated. This show can't figure its shit out. Some of the miniature work here is good, but that building seven bursts out of was pretty terrible. The series can't conclude soon enough. I gave it an F. You can tell I was about ready to pull my hair out with this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sort of in the same boat with you on this one. I didn't really care much uh, for this episode um, either. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the main, the main issue I have with this one is the whole, uh, gum or candy, uh, chewing sound effect that was pretty much through the, like the majority of, of, uh, the episode, whenever that guy was sort of present around there, you just heard that nonstop chewing auto like audio and i have no idea or the reason why they decided to add that whenever that guy was sort of present uh around uh the camera or anything of the sort and um and also one of the other things that i had a problem with was majority of the episode had all those really close-ups of people's faces and their expressions. I can get, you know, it can be sort of an art sort of thing if you're trying to do something with no uh, talking or anything of the sort. Just kind of may, mainly have uh, face expressions and stuff using the uh, the really close-up uh, shots and everything. But uh, here, it just, it just did not work out well. Um, they had a good... Uh, uh, story or uh, groundwork with this one, but as far as the execution, it just did not uh, work out well. But uh, but for some reason, whenever I 
like when I was watching this episode, it sort of reminded me a little bit of the Terminator <laughs> in a way, uh, where robots sort of uh, take over uh, the world and everything, and then you know, uh, ex- you know, uh, destroying humanity and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, with this one for me, it's a four out of ten. Yeah, I mean, it's shit. Plain and simple. Uh, you brought up another point there that I think you also brought up, and then I repeated. My gosh, cat! I just let you out. Now you want back in? Um, <laughs> you you brought up an interesting point that I think we even talked about on the previous episode that I want to try to re- again remember and get to later because otherwise we're going to fall down this rabbit hole of talking about the series as a whole, and I don't want to do that. For God's sakes! <laughs> Hold on here. All right. So while he's doing that, um, just kind of thought I'd remind everyone that um, if you haven't uh, liked and subscribed to all of our stuff uh, yet on social media platforms, uh, we're streaming live over at uh, YouTube, Twitch, DLive, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and then we have got uh, audio versions of our podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. I apologize about that. Like, this has never happened before. Like, all of a sudden, my female cat, who has her front claws, is like, she can't make up her mind here as far as... And she's clawing at the carpet. Like, if I just left the door closed, we're going to have a bare spot out there in front of the door, and I'm not going to want to do that. Um... She already partially did it to our master in front of our master bedroom door. Um, but anyway, all right. The next episode: the terrifying super simian, the dreaded super ape man. Nobody can get anything straight with this series. <laughs> maybe, and maybe that says something. <laughs> All right, mine. This is probably the shortest uh, summary I've ever had for an episode here since we started doing Ultra Seven. And I love you too. And I'm talking about my cat for those listening to the audio version. <laughs> In a mediocre episode, we get a pretty bad monkey mask. Another slow buildup. There's some nice action, but it's nothing to write home about. It's a pretty bland episode by and large. D plus. Uh, this one sort of remind, reminded me a little bit of uh, Spectre Man because the uh, the main antagonist for that is like uh, an ape, or I'm not sure what the specific uh, race of uh, ape or monkey he he is, but it sort of reminded me a little bit of that. But uh, yeah, the uh, the mask and uh, gloves and stuff that the guy used. To be the ape man isn't that particularly great. It's like you can basically buy buy it at a uh, Halloween store or whichever. But uh, again, here I tend to like how they were trying to go uh, with this uh, with this one here, but didn't quite get it executed uh, fairly well. But. Uh, I, I tend to like some of the side characters in this one um, for for however how long that they were on here it see on there seemed like that they weren't on there for too terribly long but uh, I sort of like how they tried to do the premise for this episode but um, 
with this one, I'm kind of in the middle of the road, so out of ten, I give it a five. Hmm. That's very generous. <laughs> All right. Next episode, The Boy Who Cried Flying Saucer. The saucers have come. You know, uh, the one thing that I think that they should have done is whoever did both the DVD and the Blu-ray. I know where you're going. They should have worked together or at least had the same person do it. You have the Shout Factory collection, right? Uh, I've the new ones, right? No, the like the it's the black cardboard slipcover. No, I'm I'm using the uh, the Mill Creek. Oh shit! Well, I thought you were using the Shout Creek. I thought we had talked about that before. Shout um, Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like someone's getting there. I'm getting there, but I'm also confused. My cat is, like I said, I this I don't think this has happened before, and not not to my knowledge. This series has done a number on me as well. Um, yes, I do love you. You are a big sweetheart. And again, I'm not talking about Jason. I'm talking about the cat. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, um, what a mess. Like, Shout Factory, you know, um, Shout Factory has been known to do very good work by and large. But the fact that, and here's the thing you got the Mill Creek ones, the new ones where it's kind of got the cream background, right? Yep. For, for, okay. The first eight, I believe. And then it's just kind oh. of different designs after that. I think after. Okay, so be, because I thought at one point yeah. you did have the Shout Factory one. I used to, yeah, when it first came. Okay, out ten years ago. Okay, so here's the deal. Because this is what I noticed: the first, like, around the first twenty-five episodes I was watching of this show, um, I would go through everything, like the 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 beginning credits all the way to the end. And then after a bit, I'm like, okay, look, the beginning credits are nonsense. I don't need to watch that. So I skipped right to when the story was actually starting. But what I had noticed when I was still watching the very beginning where it had the title and it sang the song and all that mm-hmm. was that even then the title of the episode was actually different from what the menu showed. And so even during the days of Shout Factory – Stuff was fucked up, <laughs> and I don't know how or why, but either wires got crossed or something, and as a result, um, that's unacceptable. Um, Shout Factory should have cleaned that shit up, and Shout Factory, you're on notice because mm-hmm. that's unacceptable. Um so yeah, I mean that 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 is frustrating. I mean, look uh, for a lot of people, it's not a big deal. For me, it is because uh, it, it can be difficult to get certain things to, uh, tangled up. It's not like movies where you have like Godzilla versus Sea Monster, and then you have Ibera Horror of the Deep. Those are movies. There are fewer Godzilla movies than are than there are of Ultra Seven episodes. Mm-hmm. And when you have 49 episodes where almost every title 
is labeled differently from what the menu says. It, it's a it, it's just mind boggling. But then at the same time, does it really matter? Yes and no. Part of it just sort of depends on how it's worded. I would say it's fifty fifty. Um but it's still just sort of a pain in the ass because especially when you get the subtitled stuff, you you definitely expect to get more of an authentic version of what the original Japanese uh, screenwriters uh, intended for the, the, the dialogue and the titles mm-hmm. of, 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 epi- uh, of episodes and, and, and movies. So I don't know. It's just frustrating to say the least. Yeah. So um, – uh, why don't we go ahead? Um, can you distract the audience for like ten more seconds? <laughs> oh, I suppose here. Um, so again, as I mentioned, as far as uh, where to find us, uh, both streaming platform and as well as uh, audio versions of our podcast, where you can find them. Uh, as far as a uh, uh, place where you can have you know find both of them. Uh, you can find uh, all uh, video and as well as audio on our website. And you can watch us live over there too at daikajunetwork.com. All right. So we're going to move on to the next episode The Boy Who Cried Flying Saucer. Maybe we do need paid sponsors just because we have cat interruptions here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. But. Well, I said it. The saucers have come. You did not say that. Yeah, I did. Until uh, f- I said it before. Before you uh, went into that whole rant. <laughs> <laughs> You've helped, but at the same time, you haven't. <laughs> Here, All right. You want a mind eraser? <laughs> That probably that probably is more powerful than this, and you have less than what I'm drinking. <laughs> All right. Uh, another slow burn of an episode with an interesting chicken-like alien, but the meandering does nothing in terms of payoff. What's even more nuts is this LSD trip of an ending to try and m- make it seem as if Soga and Dan are flying amongst hundreds of alien ships. The result is a confusing mess of cinematography of the worst kind, not to mention one of the aliens grows large and bites Ultra 7. Again, did Soga not notice Dan turn into Ultra 7? And what happened to that alien on Earth? How did these spaceships get destroyed or go home packing? How did that large alien get destroyed? Your guess is as good as mine because the people making this episode sure as shit didn't care. (laughs) There was some promise of a decent episode here, but it is paid off with the show uh, injecting drugs into your eyeballs without permission. It's unwarranted, and it makes you feel awful. I gave it an F. Uh, With this one, I would say at first maybe uh, the first half of it was pretty good. Uh, for what it was doing, but then once it got to the second half of it, it just, yeah, it just sort of, uh, it felt like everything was just kind of mishmashed together, particularly when it came to the ending part when they were bringing all the, the flying saucers down to earth and everything. And then it's just like a mishmash of seeing all these spaceships and 
lights and everything, and then for some reason, all of a sudden, you knew that uh, Ultraman was present. You didn't even see like any, uh, and you didn't even know when uh, Dan turned into Ultra Seven. Then you see like all these fights and everything. It was just sort of like a like a hallucination or drug-induced sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, it just kind of went went out the window and everything. I'm, I'm not sure whose idea was uh, who it was to do this sort of thing in post-production for this uh, episode. Yeah, um, and I didn't even know what just happened after all that. So I just... Yeah, the second half just sort of ruined this uh, episode for me. So, out of ten, it's a four. Yeah, I mean, I mean, still, you're being very generous with that rating there. But by and large, oh, like I I said, the first half was pretty good. Well, I know, but by and large, you and I agree that this thing just falls apart, especially as you get more towards the end, and. The ending that both you and I talked about here is very reminiscent of what so many people today complain about a number of action movies where they're talking about how there are close-ups of the characters and there are quick edits you know, of the action. And a lot of people are saying uh, about a lot of today's action movies how it's hard to follow the action. What is exactly happening because the camera is so zoomed in and there are so many different cuts of what's going on. Some people have a difficult time trying to figure out what is exactly going on. Well, and, and, with, and with that sort of thing, for me, it's much easier to follow that sort of it thing is. compared to what we saw in this particular episode. It is, and and this is very similar to that, but this mm-hmm. was so much more confusing because you have sort extreme, of this yeah. – you 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 sort of have what I'm going to call sort of this bubble machine of flying saucer animations going on amongst Ultra Seven and this giant chicken-like alien, and you all you really know is that when they're in the spacecraft, some of these ships are getting destroyed, some aren't. Some of these spaceships are shooting at them. None of them, of course, are hitting the, the, the Ultra Guard ship. And then you have Ultra 7 and the giant chicken alien fighting each other. You have quick close-ups of kind of like kind of like from the shoulders up uh, of the uh, of seven and this alien go- kind of going at it in very stiff figuring like formation. And then all of a sudden, like the ships are gone. The alien is somehow gone. Exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm going to use the T word. It's terrible. You you just. I'm sorry, folks, and, and I don't necessarily like to use this language, but I'm being. You know, sometimes I use it when I'm trying to be funny, but in this sense, I'm being very serious when I use it. It's fucking awful. Um, it, it's a very terrible way of storytelling. And look, I've been very critical of a number of stories, and rightfully so as we've gone throughout this show. 
this final sequence is the worst cinematography I have seen in a very long time in anything. Anything. And I'm talking about anything. Any other Ultra 7 episode, any other American TV series, any American movie, any foreign film, the cinematography I just saw in this final battle sequence is terrible. And... A.G. Subaru and his crew should know better mm-hmm. because what happened at the end of this episode is nothing but atrocious. It, it, it just – it's awful. It just is awful, folks. And whoever yeah. passed that uh, particular ep- episode, I think they should have – I don't know how many people – were present before they greenlit to have this particular episode be aired on TV. I think they should have gone back to uh, the editing room and, you know, try to clean that up a bit. They should have. I mean, this is just, this is unacceptable. It just is. And I could keep saying all day long, this is terrible, this is atrocious, this is this is awful, uh, flush it down the toilet, crap on it, like, you know, all sorts of different things you could say. It's the, the final battle sequence is one of the worst things I have ever seen on film, ever. And, uh, you know, it, it just... And I would say compared to episode 25 and part one of our episode... Uh, uh, about a month ago, I would say this this one's probably the worst um, worst episode in the entire series. I wouldn't necessarily go that far because I think there's some episodes that from beginning to end are worse. M- my problem is more from kind of like the final 33%. And the final 33% is so bad that it pushed me from giving it at least an acceptable grade to just complete and utter F. So, uh, because that, that final sequence is unacceptable. You cannot do that for a battle. You just cannot. Uh, that's just, that's pitiful. But anyways, uh, before we go down more of a rabbit hole on that, let's move on uh, to the next episode called The Duel, Dan versus Seven. The Showdown of Dan versus Seven. See what we're dealing with? Look, yes, I understand. I understand what I was getting into. Give me a break, okay? Okay, I I did not ex. Look, I under. Yes, I get it. Uh, oh, yes. Okay, settle down. Settle down. I knew, I knew this was crazy. I didn't realize it was this crazy. All right. Okay. My summary. <laughs> <laughs> What a bunch of dunderheads the Ultra Squad is. They can't seem to realize that whenever Seven is around, Dan is missing and vice versa. Seriously, these people are dumb. Now, I hear some people telling me that the same could be said of the Science Patrol and Ultraman. This is true. However, that show is fun and entertaining, even if it wasn't the highest quality product Super Riot Productions made. Not only that, there were a few episodes where members of the Science Patrol did question Hayata on whether or not he was Ultraman. 
As other aspects of this episode go, I think it was just sort of done with the show at this point. I think I was – I missed a word. I think I was just sort of done with the show at this point. I don't care enough to the point where some of the complaints I have would be nothing more than mere nitpicks, if that, with other shows or movies within this genre. Excuse me. Those straps Dan was tied to looked so flimsy he didn't even have a lighter to get himself free. Oh, excuse me. He didn't need a lighter to get himself free. He even kicked the ankle straps off. Why would the aliens blow up their base? You will need that hanger on occasion to perform regular maintenance to your robot and a flying robe and excuse me, and a flying boat without wings. Again, if this was Ultraman, I would have played along, but not here. This is stu- this is effing dumb. Get this shit out of my face. <laughs> I have basically begun to hit the let's be done with this garbage button on the show. Another episode with potential tossed into the garbage disposal due to stupid, stupid plot points. I gave it an <laughs> And again, you can just see my mind cracking at this point. <laughs> For me, again... Um... I liked how they were trying to go with this, but the execution uh, just didn't uh, pan out uh, too well. And that's, I liked I liked the premise as far as pitting a clone of Ultra Seven against the Don't actual one. Don't we all? But, we love to see Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, Kong versus Mechakong. But as far as far as this one, the one thing that sort of got me was you know. When Dan found the base and everything, and uh, was talking, you know, kind of, uh, he confronted the uh, the aliens here, and uh, you know they they showed him without him having any restraints or anything, and not you know beating the living shit out of them, and then he was just willingly to go back right on the table where he was tied down the first time. And I was just like, and you noticed I didn't even bring that up. And you want to know why I didn't bring that up? Because my blood pressure would go to (laughs) boiling point. (laughs) And uh, that that was sort of the thing that kind of uh, brought me out of this particular episode. Um, Yeah, again, I like the premise of what they were trying to go with on this one, but the execution was just. Yeah, it was it was just kind of poor on this one. So out of ten, five. All right, next episode. Who are you? Who are you? Oh, Kent. Who are you? Some dude. Oh shit. Oh, all right. Here we go. I'm not really sure what to think of this episode. I like most of the set design, the look of the hook aliens, and their acrobatics during combat, but there's quite a bit I don't really like either. They try to make it once again a mystery when the audience knows it's aliens. It takes too long to get to the heart of the story. The dispatching of the hook is really easy, and the only three hook aliens can grow uh, large to fight Ultra 7. By the way, the naming of some of the alien races in this series is pretty poor at times. We have the Hook, Butts, and others that I can't think of off the top of my head. They're just poorly guts. named. <laughs> guts. I mean, there we go. 
butts, guts, hook, or asses, hook, whatever. <laughs> LSD trips. I mean, you name it. <laughs> Nevertheless, this is a take it or leave it episode, and I'm going going to leave it. I gave it a D. Uh, this one, uh, I liked how they were going with this one. Uh, it sort of gave me the, the Ultra Q vibes on this one. Uh, it was sort of a, a majority of the episode was more kind of uh, human-based and all that. I liked sort of the mystery thing that they were uh, kind of going with on this um, and it was a pretty interesting concept uh, and premise uh, the alien huck or hook whatever um, I like the the design for these uh, aliens um, yeah so with this one out of uh, 10, I would give this one a 6 out of 10. Okay. Um, we are approaching uh, the final two. The final couple episodes here. Um, Alright, so here we go. This is a two-parter and anybody who has listened to me over the last couple episodes, I've always been an advocate where if you can't seem to really tell a particular story effectively within one part, do it in two parts. This is an exception in which the two-parter is still through and through bad. Um, so I'm just giving everybody a heads up as far as the sad conclusion of Ultra 7 here. Um and again, I take no pleasure in this because, again, uh, for the umpteenth time when we announced we were going to do this, I was extremely excited about this show, and the series has done nothing but disappoint me. So uh, this second-to-last episode is titled The Greatest Invasion in History Part 1. It seems like the last batch of episodes are pretty blah. We're at a point where without – the fact it wasn't explained earlier in the series that Ultra 7 can get wore out to the point he can exhaust his energy and die. He needs to head back to M78 to heal. It's pretty contrived, and we spend the entirety of the episode watching Dan nearly faint every second he's on camera. I got pretty bored with it and found myself spacing. I understand this is setting things up and we're getting a part two, but again, the inability to tell a story efficiently has been an ongoing problem with this series. This is a pretty dull episode without much to offer. Once you've seen the initial five minutes and get an idea of what's going on, you aren't going to miss much afterwards. And because of that, I gave it an F. Um, with this one, um, I would say the the final two uh, here, you know, starting with the first part on this one, um, I liked how it kind of went with more of a serious tone, especially in particular with, with it being the second and final one and tying to the final episode of the series. I like how there weren't any jokes or um, any goofy kind of cinematography that really happened with this one as well as uh, the second one. Um, when it came to... Um, like 
we we get another set of uh, an alien race in this one as well as a monster. And when it came to uh, both the aliens and the monsters, although they're kind of unique in a way, I think they should have done a little bit uh, better as far as, you know, particularly with the kaiju, have some kind of uh, monster that can be close to being, you know, almost unstoppable, like what we had with uh, Zetan and uh, the first Ultraman series. Which Tell them what the kaiju is. Um, and then describe it. Let's see here. I, I apparently, let's see here. Don't worry about the name. Tell them what it looks like and what it does. So basically it was, um, it's red and had a little bit of spikes kind of on the, kind of the upper part. And all it had was two beaks on each side and it was, uh, blowing fire. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) And I, I, and I, when this episode came up, I'm like, oh, shit, I have vague memories of this. And I remembered even back in 2015 how stupid it was. <laughs> I'm like, this is it? This is what you're going to pit Ultra 7 against? Yeah, and you know, compared to Zetan in uh, the final uh, episode or two. It's such uh, horseshit, but I'll, yeah, I'll wait here. But uh, Zetan, I mean – in future episodes, he's been used quite a bit, especially as being the main antagonist for quite a few of them. And I think some of uh, the Ultraman films uh, out there, including Ultraman Saga, I believe, because I know I've seen uh, bits and parts of that one. Um, but yeah, you, you only see this uh, sort of main final kaiju in this one. It's not particularly... Uh, I would say not quite the kaiju that you should have in your final uh, episode or two. You would ha- want to have something that can be close to being unstoppable and everything. So, um, yeah. Uh, but other than that, um, I kind of liked how things went except for the aliens and the kaiju and everything uh, with this one. Um, I would give it a six out of ten. Okay, so you know it's bullshit when your final kaiju is nothing more than a red peacock minus the peacock feathers with two heads and it shoots fire on either end. And the damn thing gets an arm and a leg cut off, comes back in the final episode spoilers and ends up fighting your character again this character if the story wasn't contrived to where it made us believe at least attempted to make us believe that ultra 7 was a weakling after x amount of battles for so long on earth that he could get his ass handed to him Okay, this character would have been destroyed within about 10 to 15 seconds in any other previous Ultra 7 episode. This kaiju, while interesting in concept, is a piece of shit. So are the aliens. 
the aliens themselves are slightly more interesting because of how they go about themselves, but there's still not enough backstory to them to where you really get much of an idea of who they are and what they can do. But then you have this peacock double-headed fuck show up and it just shoots fire and it's nothing more than just a mediocre kaiju and the only reason why it seems pop uh, seems powerful is because ultra seven is basically like a heavyweight fighter in the 10th round who has been that has had the shit kicked out of him and just has enough energy to not only turn into seven but to stand up and maybe throw a few punches at it this is one of the worst ideas ever this is shitty writing this is terrible concept well and if this is awful if it wasn't for ultra seven to be you know that they've written him to like out of all the battles and stuff that uh, you know he's you know been embattled and everything from all the battles and stuff that he has, if it wasn't for that, yeah, he probably would have uh, dealt with this monster in probably a few minutes or so. But with with uh, him being embattled and everything, they try they try to make this monster look uh, really. Like strong and everything, but here's the thing: this is still shit writing because you know what? When you go back to Ultraman, we are reminded in just about every episode of Ultraman to the point to where it got so annoying, where his chest light was blinking, and we were always told by the narrator, "The chest light is blinking. If it should go out, Ultraman will never rise again." We're always told that. That was established from the very first episode. The very first, okay? And you can criticize Ultraman all you want. Yeah, it may not have had maybe the best effects, not necessarily the best writing, but it knew what it was. Something that this show cannot say it was about. Ultra 7, nothing about a light blinking on his head, nothing. We saw the light blinking a few times and every once in a while, it pulled some toilet paper out of its ass saying, hey, look, its light is blinking, he doesn't have enough energy, whatever. That shit was never fully explored, even from the very beginning of the series. That's part of the reason why I hate this series so much because it never established its own rules. It did not know what the hell it was doing. It did not know what kind of audience it was trying to talk to, whether it was adults, children, whatever. It tried to tiptoe that line. It couldn't. Very few shows and movies can do that. Most of the time when you try to tiptoe both adults and children, you fail most of the time. You fail. you got to pick one or the other. But then on top of that, you still have to figure out, okay, what is my character about? What is the story about? What are my character's weaknesses? Ultraman established that by saying, look, he doesn't get enough sunlight energy. His blinker is going to start going off. He's going to get weaker. He may not rise again should his blinker stop going. Apparently, that's what is happening in Ultra 7, but that is never established. Never established throughout this entire series. We see his blinker go off a few times, and then all of a sudden – 
all of a sudden, through contrived bullshit reasons, we start in the final two episodes when he starts fighting this two-headed peacock monster that, oh my gosh, all of a sudden now he's like a heavyweight fighter who has had the crap kicked out of him. We don't he, – he – like if he turns into Ultra 7 the next time, he will not have enough energy to get back home to M78 and to repair himself. That is such bullshit because I'm going to spoil something here for everybody. In part two, he turns into Ultra 7 again. He turns into Ultra 7 twice over this entire storyline, and we are told every single time by even the spirit of Ultra 7 that if Dan Moroboshi turns into Ultra 7, he will not have enough energy to go back to M78 and to recharge himself. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but nevertheless, this is horseshit because at the end of the final episode, he triumphs and is able to go home to M78. And that is horseshit because the stakes are raised up. We're supposed to think, okay, our hero is in trouble, right? The stakes are high. Earth is in trouble. And what ends up happening is our hero is turned into Ultra 7 twice. He somehow has enough energy to sort of throw a few punches. And then in the second and final transformation, he turns into Ultra 7, ultimately triumphs, and then has enough energy to go back home to M70, however far that is. Whoever knows what, how far from Earth that is. And that is such complete horseshit because this show does not follow its own rules. Fuck off. Uh, should we just finish up the final episode here since we've already kind of touched? I it. am so upset at this show now because I have basically talked about not just these final two episodes, but the series as a whole and compared it to a show that in some semblance was more childish in terms of its audience range and yet was written better overall like this is unacceptable as far as writing this is my biggest the the writing for ultra seven is awful but anyways let's go to the greatest invasion part two and this horse shit okay (laughs) uh some of the things i just said i'm gonna repeat here um It's only fitting that the final storyline of Ultra 7, which was a two-parter, is just as problematic as much of the rest of the series. The only reason why this is the greatest invasion history, quote-unquote, is due to the contrived nature of decommissioning 7 for much of the storyline. And when he does show up, he's only at half-strength at best. What makes it more problematic is we're constantly reminded that the next time Dan turns into 7, he will die. This is where I'm going to start repeating myself. He turned into seven twice in the storyline, was able to walk away each time. This is a major cheat to the audience, and let's just say it, dick move. It attempts to raise the stakes at just about the highest level possible, but the writers don't follow through on their own rules. Considering what we've seen up to this point, I am not surprised the final storyline wasn't good, but I wasn't expecting it to be atrocious either. Ultraman ended its run with a more poignant and poetic conclusion than this, but that isn't saying much, considering that the show was really good and that this one is just downright bad. This series could never figure out what it wanted to do, or it tried to toe the middle and came up much more frequently failing than it, than succeeding. That's just among many problems with the series. The final transparent images of Dan running, smiling, laughing at the end of the episode pissed me off. It tried making me feel for a character that was never really explored, and especially because the series hasn't been good, a really stupid way to end the 
series. It's just dumb. It makes Dan look idiotic. The moment, too, when he tells Anne he's seven is one of the worst written moments of what's supposed to be one of the most important aspects of the story ever written for a series or even a movie for that matter. It's atrocious. She basically shrugs her shoulders and tells him that she knows the piano overture that follows the story that, 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 that shortly follows is terrible, too. It tries to wax poetic but fails due to bad writing. It's, poor, it's also poorly performed and doesn't even fit with the show. It's just all bad. Thank God we are done. I gave it an F. I got a P. I will let Jason finish us out here. Yeah, so um, with this one, as far as kind of the, uh, the second part, it's sort of, it's basically the same thing. I mean, it's tied in with the first part. Um, and I know I mentioned about as far as the kaiju and, uh, and, hit, and Kent's rant when it came to that one and uh, the aliens on this one. Good, but they could have done better as far as the final uh, two episodes on this one. And, uh, yeah, I know I sort of had uh, a little bit of a higher praise of what I've written down here, but uh, sort of the more I think about it, um, yeah, they could have done way, way, way better uh, on this one, as I've stated before, you know, Need some uh, better aliens and uh, kaiju like they did with uh, Zetan in the final episode of Vultureman. There to kind of make have some kind of memorable uh, final kaiju for a, a TV series uh, like this one here, but they, instead they kind of went with a um, a two headed, like Kent says, peacock. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, they should have done better uh, with this one. Sort of liked uh, uh, kind of the, uh, the scene there when Dan tells Anne that he's Ultra 7. I would kind of sort of disagree with Kent as far as that goes. I mean, with all the Ultraman episodes, they tend to... Uh, admit who they really are, or some people will find out... Uh, throughout the entire Ultra series um, with that regard. But um, when it came, when it comes to uh, the final episode of this one, out of 10, I would also give it a 6 out of 10. Man, you're too damn generous. Um, <laughs> so basically at this point, it's just final thoughts, not just on these final 10 episodes of Ultra 7. It's about our final thoughts on the series as a whole. And well, I, think, I think I think we already know your final thoughts. So, Well, I was just about <laughs> to say that. I think it's no secret as to what I think about this series as a whole. And, um, and I think even your thoughts uh, on this series. And, um, you know, and, and I think this is where discussion – needs to be had here and i'm and i'm not saying neither of us is right or wrong a lot of it is through perception and sort of expectations your perspective your own history um you know your own taste etc the fact of the matter is fact um of the matter is that 
What I think, though, is unequivocally, regardless of what your tastes are in terms of whether you like it or not or in between, I think one thing that is for certain is that this series is poorly written. Um, Would you agree with me on that? I mean, it's not the best kind of writing and everything, but like I said before, they have really good premises of what they're trying to uh, go with these uh, kinds of episodes, but as far as the execution, um, they could be a hit or a miss, and a lot of it can be with the story uh, in that regard. And, and I know we mentioned of the uh, particular person and a couple episodes ago, um, I forget the name right now, but I know Superai, he was part of the whole story for Ultraman, but he wasn't part of the story writing. He actually was more involved. I read up on it. He was more involved than what we thought. Um, here's the thing, though. What I've heard from you several times throughout the course of this episode is that what you have basically said throughout this entire thing, they have good ideas, but the way they did it was not the best. And if you remember um, my thoughts on Shin Godzilla, my thoughts on Shin Godzilla, anybody who has been at least a longtime listener, at least over the last, what, five years on this podcast knows that I've always said Shin Godzilla got an A for effort from me, but an F for execution as a result, it gets an F as a result as well. Um, so can I can I ask you here in which because it seems to me like you're saying the same thing about Ultra 7 that I said about Shin Godzilla. Can you also say ultimately that an A for effort doesn't necessarily mean that your end product is good and therefore your product still stinks? Can you say that? Can you reevaluate potentially your thoughts on Ultra 7 because – I could say, look, Shin Godzilla had a few good ideas, but ultimately the final product stank. And as a result, as you know, you of all people know because you've heard my rants and raves about Shin Godzilla multiple times. You know I do not like that movie. Can you say the same thing about Ultra 7 in which, look, you had good ideas, but you just sucked at it? Well, when you try to compare a movie to a show that has many episodes and and is condensed down to about 20 to 30 minutes, it can be a bit different in a way because there can be some stinkers in there, yes. But are there some pretty uh, decent ones and some good ones in there? Yes, too. So you're trying... For me, it's like you're trying to compare apples and oranges with a movie and a TV show. So 
with that regard. If it was if it was a movie, yes, I probably would say it sucked ass. But uh, when it comes to a TV show that has maybe like a handful, of, you know, good episodes, decent, and maybe some uh, a few bad apples. I would say it can be more or less in the middle of the road for me. Okay, so uh, basically we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Um, and again, like I gave one episode in here an A+, plus out of the 10 episodes we covered. One other episode I gave uh, – what was it? A D-plus on, and I think every – no, I gave another one a D-minus. Everything else was an F. And uh, for anybody who has not listened to our previous two episodes, go back to those because even in those batches, the first one we covered 25 – I actually covered 26 episodes because I miscounted. Um, and then the next one we covered like 14 episodes, and there were a handful. I, I mean Jason, can you vouch for me? I did give some pretty good grades to a few episodes in each of those batches, right? Uh, a couple. Right. So it's not like I'm some sort of troll or hater because, again, whenever you go back – and again, I don't remember exactly when it was because I tried finding it here the other day and I couldn't figure it out. Um, it was either January or December when we said on this podcast we're going to cover Ultra 7, and initially we thought it was going to take two months, but then we were realizing, holy crap, like trying to take care of 25 26 episodes per batch was just too much so then we extended it another month um we were both excited we both were and um we both said in that first episode i even said it again the second episode i've even said it here um this sadly um was not the journey I was hoping for. This was more times than not a painful journey. Um, I I can't tell you how many episodes I gave F's to, and I gave like maybe two and a half, three handfuls of episodes that were just passing grades. Anywhere from like a C, C minus, depending upon what you consider passing on up. Um, and I, and, and like I said, I, in this batch, I gave an A plus to one episode. Um, Ultra seven is a complete and absolute failure. And I said that last series – I mean, excuse me, last episode, but I'm saying it more definitively now because we've been through, as of now, all of the episodes. And I think for a lot of people, that's going to be sacrilege because Eiji Superaya's held up on this pedestal as being one of these gods of Kaijuega. And look, rightfully so. I mean – Eiji Tsuburaya had a massive part in Kaijuega. I am not denying that at all. I love Eiji Tsuburaya. I love his work. I love all that stuff. 
However, as I said uh, the last episode when we were covering Ultra 7, that does not mean you're master of whatever profession. Doesn't occasionally have some stinkers along the way. I talked about Stephen King last time. Stephen King has some stinkers. Even Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Even Steven Spielberg. Human Daikaiju Network. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are great. Um, But A.G. Tsuburaya has some stinkers, and we have to accept that. Okay? We have to accept that. A.G. Tsuburaya had some stinkers along the way. Not everybody's going to get it right 100% of the time. And that's fine. That's how you learn. That's how you progress. Mm -hmm. This, in my opinion, I can't, I'm not speaking for Jason. I'm only speaking for myself here. In my opinion, Eiji Tsuburaya dropped the ball on this series here. Because after reading it, because initially we both thought he wasn't that involved in it. It turned out after I did some reading, he was more involved in it than I thought. He dropped the ball on this. The effects are good, but that doesn't make up for some of the most atrocious storytelling I have ever seen ever. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic for the sake of being hyperbolic. This is bad because I expected better from someone who knew better, right? Right. And – This isn't like dealing with some sort of independent out of the blue director who did like Death Kappa or Reptilicus. Someone who didn't know better. Eiji Tsuburaya knew better. Okay. Because by this point, when he was doing Ultra 7, he had worked with Shiro Honda, a number of other directors. He knew better. And the end product here. Visually, while it visually looks good most of the time, from a substance standpoint, is atrocious more times. There are some exceptions. There are some episodes that are good, if not very good. I'm not denying that. There are some very good episodes here, and I've said that on this podcast. But a significantly more times than not, like 95% of the time in my eyes, and I am a person who gives a lot of things a lot of passes. Ultra 7 is an abomination. It is a failure. And it's okay to say that. It is okay to say that. Am I disappointed? Oh, absolutely. Because you saw me being angered like 10, 15 minutes ago. I am very angry because I expected better. I expected the, 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 the people who helped bring about Ultraman, who knew what their audience was, to do something similar with Ultra 7. I am fine with trying to do something new, but as I've stated time and time again, the one of the biggest problems with Ultra 7 was that it never knew what it wanted to cater to as far as its audience. Did it want to cater to more adults? Did it want to cater to more children? In fact, more times than not, what I try to do is to toe that middle line. And when you try to do that, 99 times out of 100, you're going to fail. Very few movies and TV shows succeed in that middle ground. Ultra 7 
didn't have the budget and it didn't have the talent to succeed in that middle ground. It just didn't. I'm sorry. It didn't. It just didn't. You could have A.G. Subaraya, but I guess everyone else around him still wasn't good enough to help try to maintain that middle ground and to satisfy everybody was trying to reach. Ultra 7 is a failure. It is a complete and absolute failure, and it's okay to admit that. It really is. Because let me tell you this. I have seen several episodes of the series that comes after this. And what I have seen, and I've seen eight episodes of it, the series that I've seen after this is so much more entertaining than what I've seen here. Which tells me that despite the fact it had good ratings at the time, I think internally, they kind of knew there were some missteps along the way. And then they fixed that. And what comes after this, in my opinion, is so much more entertaining than what we got here. I think, and, and I, so, think at this, I think at this point we beat – you've – in particular, beating a dead horse already. <laughs> well, I well, and here's the thing: the reason why I beat a, a horse to a bloody pulp with bones is because the internet will take so many things out of context that you have to repeat things in order for something to stick. That's why I beat a, a, a horse a lot of times. So that's why when you go outside my house here. I don't have a stable anymore. I have a friggin' skyscraper of dead horses because I have to beat a bunch of horses. <laughs> so your, 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 your final thoughts here. I mean, my final thoughts on this one. Um, yeah, there, there are some good episodes, stinkers, a few bad apples, but there are some, a, a lot of them are pretty decent uh, episodes here and there. And I know uh, I'm going to repeat myself that they did they did have good premises and some good foundation with some of these episodes. Some of them were okay, but execution wise, and the, but then there are some that where the execution just uh, didn't go the way that they initially thought it was going to be. But there are some that uh, did pretty well. Uh, on certain things uh, here and there, and they probably should have stuck with them um, throughout the rest of the series. But um, other than that, uh, I liked how they were trying to go about with the series. I liked how, uh, the characters or uh, the cast members with uh, with uh, their acting and then uh, some of the uh, side characters and uh, a lot of the monsters too uh, that were in, in here. There were a lot of good ones. Uh, some are a bit weird uh, in a way. Um, but um, yeah, other than that, uh, I try to uh, 
trying to think of, uh, you know, trying to look at it at a different perspective for it and try to, um, try to give the show a little bit of a chance, as I've mentioned a little bit earlier on in the episode. Um, of course, uh, the cast had to do the best that they tried to do with what they got. Um, but other than that, I'm just sort of overall in the middle of the road um, on this one. Um, maybe the next time, whenever that may be, if if I get back to watching this uh, series again, um, would I have a different mindset? Who knows? But uh, whenever that time comes, uh, as of right now, my mind's just uh, stuck at uh, in the middle um, on this one here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I see where you're coming from. And again, I, I, I can't hammer it home enough that I do tend to give a lot of movies and shows the benefit of the doubt. And, um, for example, like this last year, there were some movies that came on streaming where when I first watched them, I was like, ho-hum about. But then when I watched them multiple times, I began to love them more. And with a TV series, it's a little bit different in that, yeah, you can watch it over from beginning to end multiple times and begin to develop different thoughts on it. But usually with a TV series, especially if it's one that is decently long enough, at least long enough to provide a certain amount of episodes, at least 26 in my opinion, you get to a point where after roughly like episode four or five, you get more of an idea of what the series should be like and what its approach should be. And this is a 49-episode series. It's not overly long, but it's still decent. It's still decent in length. And um, this series, in my opinion, significantly more times than not, um, just never could figure itself out. As I said a few times, it's schizophrenic. It was a series that did not entirely know what it wanted to cater to. And that was one of its biggest fundamental problems. When it tried to be either simply adult or even simply towards um, catering to a younger audience – that's when the show succeeded. But a significant portion of the time, it tried to cater to both. And in my view, that's when it failed. And that's what's most disappointing about this series because when you watch – most series, especially those that have a linear story, that have a beginning, middle, and end. Okay, you're 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 starting off at one point, but then you do have a conclusive ending like this, in which Ultra Seven either dies or goes goes home, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. 
there gets to be a point where between you know roughly episodes four and seven, roughly, they figure out what it is, what they are, where they want to go, and how they're going to do it. And as a result, the story follows suit. That's when a show slash series begins to find its footing and it takes off. That's when it really begins to capture audience and keeps them. If I was not watching this series for the sake of covering it for this podcast, I would have given up after about episode 26, 27. I would have gotten that far because I am sort of a semi-completist. Um, I get very curious when I start things, and I figure – and plus I'm always an eternal optimist, which I know seems difficult for some people who are listening and watching this to understand considering I've been very hard on this series from the very beginning. But if you were to be with me in the room as I was watching these episodes, I, you would have kept hearing me say, okay, I hope it gets better. I hope it gets better. Like I would have kept thinking, okay, it's got to get better. It's got to get better. Like it's just growing pains. But then you would have heard me after a certain point in time say, this series has reached a point where it's unacceptable to consider experimenting anymore. This series should know what it's about. And I don't think the the character work here is anywhere near as good as Ultraman. Ultraman had episodes that were – multiple episodes that were devoted to some of the other characters. This series really didn't. Ultraman had episodes where its characters really began to question Hayata. And whether or not he was Ultraman. Here we don't have anything like that where the characters question Dan on whether or not he's Ultra 7. And just in a general sense, to just try to condense this into as much of a nutshell as possible, the writing is nowhere near as good nor as concise as Ultraman. And I'm not saying Ultraman is the greatest show ever. No, it's not. But what helped Ultraman is that it knew what it was. It knew the audience it was trying to cater to. And as a result, it wrote its stories – more times than not, to placate to that audience than Ultra 7. Ultra 7 tried to stay in the middle of this teeter-totter. And as a result, it pleased nobody. Look, when you're on one side of the teeter-totter, one person's going to be more happy than the other. If you try to stay in the middle, you got both sides up and no one's happy because no one's going anywhere. Maybe a bad analogy, but you kind of get my drift. No. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's an analogy I just came off with the top of my head, so fuck off. Um, uh, like, <laughs> but the thing is, is that Ultraman knew what it was. The writer, Subaraya, everybody involved knew what it was and who its audience was. The same can't be said for Ultra 7. Once in a while, once in a while, it placated to one or the other. And when it did that, it succeeded. Because for the umpteenth time I'm going to say this, there are some good episodes here. And that's when the show either said, look, we're going to focus on the adult audience or we're going to focus on the, the younger audience here. That's when the series succeeded. Because then you were not constrained by trying to make this balancing act between the two. And part of the problem here was that it always tried to build so many stories up to be in mystery when from the very beginning we were told this series was all about aliens. And as a result, the audience always knew it was about aliens, and yet – the the story came up and mysterious things were happening. The main characters, including Dan Moriboshi, didn't know what was going on, and yet the audience is like, "It's aliens! It is aliens!" And everybody in the show is like, "What is going on here? What is happening? This is some something strange here." When the audience is ahead of the characters, that is bad. And part of the problem is that. The writers of this series showed their cards before it was time to show their cards. And that's the problem. And it just disappoints me that this show – it's one thing to be a bad show, but Ultra 7 – I look at it as a deeply, atrociously, atomically bomb-filled, diarrhea-filled flaw in the Ultra franchise. You had an exceptional series in Ultra Q. You had a very good series in Ultraman. And then you have this. But... Thankfully, you recover because, again, like I said earlier, from what I've seen and what comes next, whenever we get to it, it is better than what we get here. And I'm telling you that for sure. And I've only seen eight episodes of however many episodes that that series is. And I am telling you right now, I will recommend that series because that series learned from the shit show that this series was. And it said, well, look. Well, and I hope it'll be better because it'll be the first time for me <laughs> to see It's that, better. Uh, I show. promise you. I promise you it is. I'll hold you up to it. And if it's not, you know what? I'm, I'm not – look, look, look <laughs> let me say this. No, 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 no. Let me say this. Don't expect Academy Award winning writing, but here's I'm the thing. I'm expecting it, is, it. It's more fun. You will have more fun. I am saying we are going to get back to more Ultraman type 
of stories where it's just about having fun. Yes, some stories are going to seem totally bonkers, but because you're having so much fun, it doesn't matter. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. And with that, do you have any final words? Otherwise, close us out. Nope. <laughs> I don't really have any final I words. Figured. Except, I figured. <laughs> I mean, I've already had my final thoughts on uh, Ultra 7 here, but um, just would like to say that um, if, if you haven't uh, subscribed or follow us anywhere on the social uh, media platforms, um, we've got our uh, – we're streaming – on several platforms for right now, but starting next month, uh, we're going to be streaming only to YouTube and Twitch, but uh, we've got DLive uh, Facebook. I mean, we're pretty active on Facebook anyways, and uh, Twitter, and uh, as far as our audio versions of the podcast, you can find us over at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and as well as uh, TuneIn. But you can also find both uh, the video and audio platforms. You can stream us live uh, via Twitch at our own website. And you can also listen uh, right there. There's a little audio player of our uh, podcast over at daikaijunetwork.com. All right. And so um, with that said... Thank you so much for watching and or listening. We hope you enjoyed our retrospective of Ultra 7. I know I was more of a Debbie Downer on the episode on um this whole retrospective really. Uh I was not anticipating that. So if you go back to January December when we announced we were going to cover this series, I I was very hopeful about it and sadly in my eyes uh it did not turn out to be that sort of series. So um, hopefully the next time whenever we cover a series, uh, it will be more positive, and I have some ideas about going forward as far as what we may go ahead and cover. But uh, again, appreciate you guys watching and listening and supporting us just in eyes and ears, and we will see you here in a couple of weeks where we'll have a commentary that is yet to be decided. All right. Until then, we will see everyone next time.